1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
2: Hello everybody and welcome in. It is the... Monday edition of the drive. Dan Peck in the captain's chair today, Bill Cameron has been called after after openly talking on the show, I believe, about how he had he had not been called for jury duty in decades. Bill Cameron receives his summons and is uh, serving his uh, civic duty. Uh, this uh, and, and is uh, going to be absent for. Uh, undetermined amount of time. We, we've got some, some juggling to do with the, uh, with, with the, uh, the show this week. I am, uh, it's the final week of the regular season for the Sun Belt. And so I've got games on Wednesday and Friday calling uh, radio game, uh, radio. actually I'm on ESPN Plus too, for the yes, play-by-play for the Troy Trojans women's basketball team. 13-3 and in the Sun Belt. Two back of Marshall. Nazia, good news, bad news there. Marshall is 15-1. and one. They clinch a share of the Sunbelt title this weekend uh, with uh, with a road win at, at ULM. They, they clinched a, a share. Trojans can still get a share of the Sunbelt regular season title, but they would need to win both games this week. They would need Marshall to lose both games this week. Marshall 15-1 in the Sunbelt. So it seems unlikely that, uh, not, not out of the question, we've seen Crazy things happen in the final week of the regular season. Uh, but, uh, I, oh, you might need to go into, well, I, guess, I mean, you can, yeah, we can. I, I, would, I would suggest going into another studio for this, uh, Brian, and then, and then coming back in with, uh, with, uh, with, with headphones. Brian Matthews joining us in just a moment. But, yeah, the Trojans have a chance to, uh, uh, to still get a share of the title. They've clinched at least the two seed uh, in, the, in the Sun Belt. Uh, Coach Rigby, how about this, Drew? Ten straight seasons where uh, her team has finished in the top four. Of the conference, that's the tenth tenth straight season where the Trojans will be a top four team in the Sun Belt, and they've uh, they'll they'll be the two seed. They're playing uh, a week from Friday in the uh, in the Sun Belt tournament in Pensacola, going back to the going back to the Pensacola Civic Center where the the Sun Belt plays. They're one of the first conferences to do their their action, uh, their, their tournament action, and the, and they uh, they crown a champion the Monday before. Selection Sunday, yeah. So it's a, uh, you know, they're, they're one of the first ones. And so that and that game, the finals of that tournament will be on, on national television on, on, I believe, ESPNU shows both of them. But that's a, that's a fun weekend in Pensacola. Hopefully the Trojans get to stick around. The men will most likely, maybe they've clinched it, but the men will most likely be in the top four in the Sun Belt, too. So, yeah, this is a, it's an exciting time. This is one of the, I saw someone saying this on social media earlier, and I, I totally agree. Don't wait until the bracket comes out to start following college basketball if, if you like the NCAA tournament. like Right now is when these these feel, especially when you're talking about the best teams and the team we talk about most of the time, and we're not talking about Sunbelt women's basketball. The team we talk about most of the time is the, uh, the, the Auburn men's basketball team this time of year, and that team will play a game that will feel like a heavyweight title fight this Wednesday night. That game will be, and, and I don't know... I can't predict how close it'll be. I kind of think Auburn's going to keep it close for a while. I would ultimately, I'd say Tennessee at home is a very tough mountain to climb for anyone in college basketball right now. But this is the kind of game that you get deep in an NCAA tournament or this is the I mean th- this matchup when you're talking about two top 12 top 15 teams in college basketball. Auburn up to 11 in both polls earlier uh, earlier today. So, like, this is a, and Tennessee's in the top ten. So, this is, I mean, this is a, this is going to be a really exciting atmosphere. This is going to feel like a, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like a game with a lot on the line. And if Auburn wins, they've got a path to uh, an SEC regular season championship. This is a, again, if Auburn wins, they've got a path to a, a you know, a, a, a championship, which would, which would put Bruce Pearl in the, you know, in, in rarefied air. If he can pull it off, now you have to you have to pull off a a significant upset to get it done. Most likely, uh, otherwise you're going to need you know a lot of dominoes to fall your way. Uh, but this is a uh, you know th- th- this and we'll and we'll break down what Auburn was able to do on Saturday against Georgia as well. But this matchup coming up Wednesday night, I mean this is, I mean th- this is this is a th- you know it it feels like a big one, Brian.
3: Oh, I think so. And Auburn is going to be an underdog, but mom, Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm. And um, I I do – but I do think Auburn has a chance. From what I saw against Georgia, the way this team stepped up without Jalen, the way Chad Baker-Mazar has stepped up and uh, Chaney Johnson stepped up and Aiden Holloway finally found his three-point stroke. You know, I just just feel like that's a really good sign for this team. Now, Tennessee's a really good team. Even Auburn at its best may still lose. But I think they've got a chance. And then if you look at it – You know, even after that game, right, if if they lose, uh, they might not be able to win the SEC or or win a share of it, but their next three games are games they're going to be favored in, maybe heavily favored in them. Uh, Mississippi State at home, that is a tough matchup, but it's at home. Then you go into Missouri, which has not won a league game all season, and then you close out at home against the Georgia team you've already beaten on the road.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think that there is. I mean, there's a path to a regular season title if you win this game in oh, Knoxville. Yeah. I mean, if it, you win it, yes. If you if you lose, like I said, you need a lot of things to, to go yeah. your way. But but the, I mean, seeing Alabama this weekend. Uh, really struggle to stop Kentucky in any capacity. Yeah. Two fifty-eight plus point halves for the they, Wildcats. They play
3: Tennessee um, on the weekend,
2: so, and they right. and they go to and they go to Gainesville yep. as well. And that's a Florida team that's rounding into form towards the end of the season. So I think no, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of basketball still to be played. But Auburn, I thought that that's a team that really again to, to keep the boxing metaphors going. Although Tex got mad at me last week for hmm. mixing metaphors in in sports because I, I refer to a pitch count when we talked about a. An injured basketball player. It's fun to mix, meta- mix metaphors. Yeah it, yeah, it is. But but you know, I also I also talked about storming the field. Although, how about how about storming the court suddenly becoming a very big story? And I, I want to say, I am I am the Grinch on storming the court. I want I want it out of the sport. I think there's going to be a tragedy, and we need to get it out before a tragedy happens. I think that way. I feel that way about field storming. As I well. am
3: pro field and court I, storming.
2: I think there's going. I think something <laughs> terrible is going to happen, and everyone's going to say, "Why couldn't this have been prevented?" And I think getting it out now is is the answer to that. And it doesn't happen in the NFL. It doesn't happen in the NBA. Like there's a way to secure your home court, and or your home field, and it's just a matter of of deciding as a as an industry whether or not you really want to get rid of it. I, you know, someone made the point this weekend when someone. During a football game or during a basketball game, when a spectator comes onto the court or the field, TV cameras have decided, as an industry, we're not going to show it. They do not treat court storming or field storming that way. It's, not, it's, it's absolutely shown by the TV networks, and some would say encouraged it by uh, TV networks and, and the conferences, even though they can say we're going to find the school. They, that doesn't stop them from using that footage promotionally. And I think at least one thing you could do, if, if as an industry they wanted to get rid of it, at least one thing they could do was say, we are not going to show it on television anymore. We are going to instruct the cameras to cut away. We are not, people, who do, people who storm the field or the court are not going to be able to show them, you know, see themselves, at least on Sports Center and, and things like If If they decide they really want to get rid of it, that would be a step to take. Uh, you know, I, I know Jay Billis was talking about stepping up the criminal uh charges and and considerations in that regard and I I'm, I'm not sure that's the next step. I would say if you're serious about if you're serious about saying that we don't want to endorse it as an industry, college athletics, then make sure that you're not make sure you treat it the way you would treat someone running on the field in the middle of a football game where you're but, not you're going to cut away as, as cameras and mm-hmm. you're not going to you're not going to show it. You're going to you're going to show something else. I want
3: to endorse it. I'm all for it. Uh, my solution to the problem is just put a timer on it, two minutes, five minutes, whatever, maybe five minutes football, two minutes basketball to allow those, you know, put the, put the clock up there and count down so everybody knows exactly what's going on, right, and let, those, let the visiting team get off the court or field or whatever and then have at it, have your fun. And I'm not,
2: I'm not necessarily opposed to that either because I feel like we're both sort of looking at it in ways to make it safer. And it's like as long as the safe you know the need to you know and if you say there's still a safety concern with all the people on the floor or all the people on the field, I understand that it seems like the biggest safety risk is still with the opposing team exiting the the field of play actually
3: in my in my um time the biggest risk is to fans from opposing coaches and players who Assault them when they get too close to them when they're on the field or on the court.
2: And there's there's also someone so, someone who was at an a, 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 an App State field storming that I know personally said uh, there's also now that teams have tried to secure their fields and their and their courts there's also the risk of fans injuring themselves trying yep. to get onto the field. There were overzealous
3: like, security guards. I, I believe. Right? Well, I,
2: I believe in the case of App State there are there are various. Uh, spiked fences that people were jumping Jesus. over th- jumping that's, over that's Boone. Thing, yeah, and boom and so you know like idea, yeah, yeah so i mean i don't like i don't want to get into details <laughs> about what happened but i heard some stories about uh when when app uh, when app beat troy uh with the with, with the the hail mary i heard i heard some some stories some grisly stories mm. about things so i'm just saying like what the status quo feels broken would you would you concede that or do you think everything's okay, as it stands, in light of... Because people were already talking about this more in light of the Caitlin Clark thing, and then you had what happened at Duke and Wake Forest this weekend, where the Duke player collides with, and I know people are you know, there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a, that's a, that's a, t- you know, that's one of those, you know, uh, that's first a. psych of all,
3: everybody hates Dukes. So they don't care if some Duke player a, si- allegedly it seems got like, hurt. Yeah, yeah, it
2: seems like a psychological yeah. sort of like, we'll look at this and what do you see sort yeah, of right. deal with, uh, w- with, with that footage. But yeah. uh, no, I mean, it's like you know,
3: the it, Seinfeld spit episode, yeah, right? You know, yeah, yeah. A,
2: a Duke, a Duke player or Rashomon, right? We could get eight different people who were there and they'd all tell you a different mm. story about what happened. But uh, the Duke, Duke player collides with Wake Forest fans storming the court after Wake. Upsets Duke, uh, suffers an injury. Uh, it seems like a you know th- there there have been even people who even Auburn uh, would point to we were we were very close. I know people who were at this one when Arkansas beat Auburn at, in in Fayetteville, and and there was a court storming after that, and there was a near skirmish just at the end of the game. Like there was a you know it was narrowly uh, narrowly avoided a, a, a really ugly scene, and so I, I can sort of. It seems like even if you want to take the Clemson route where it's like, OK, it's understood that fans are coming onto the court to celebrate wins or you know, wins or losses. It's just a matter of how much time do you want to give the like whatever, whatever sort of solution. Uh, you know, I, I just I do. I, I think that as it, as it stands now, you know, some something bad, something you know, and, and people would say something bad has already happened. It feels like we're on the wrong path. Right now, whether it's whether it's changing the rules to to, you know, provide a a more secure way for folks to leave or just outlawing it entirely because there's too many risks associated with like, I don't know. But it it seems like at the moment and I was again, like I'm saying, I've been the Grinch. I've been Scrooge on this because I've I've been against it for, for a while, even when even the Tennessee thing, like as as amazing as that scene seemed from the outside with with Tennessee uh, storming the field after they beat Alabama like you you think about how how a big crowd like that you know b- bad things can happen and uh, there there have been there have been tragedies with uh, pulling down goalposts and and people being injured and I think even critically injured in the past so I just like I I get I get both sides of I I certainly understand wanting to keep those incredible scenes Alive somehow, uh, but the you know I I don't think it's worth the the cost of of someone maybe being you know permanently injured or or killed or something, and I think that's that's on the table at least with some of these uh, some of some of some of the scenes we've seen, especially with court storming, right? Because of the you know it feels like with field storming there's a little bit more room for. Even though there's as many people as there are with a football team, there's there's a little more room to you know, wiggle room, or you know whatever you want to say with court storming. Some of these can be immediate, immediate, yeah. and very uh, very narrow as far as the kind of you know how much room we're talking. So I just uh, I, I think uh, yeah, the Duke thing was a reminder, and you had uh, the Duke coach after the game saying you know he would he would support uh, measures to to get court storming out of the of the industry entirely. I don't I you know. I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen an update on the injury to the Duke player. Uh, so you know, maybe maybe we'll find out more. You know, what what a what a nightmare it would be if he's out for the season or something, right? Because of a collision that happens after a after a basketball game. But uh, it would. Uh, yeah, it, se- it seems like you know we're mo- we're moving towards. You know, I'm, I'm thinking we're moving towards more and more people saying so- something more serious has to be done to, at the very least, make it safer for the the people on the on the floor and maybe. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's an outdated tradition entirely. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but, yeah. Three, three, four. Three, you know, and, and it doesn't seem like the financial penalties are stopping, like SEC teams and things, right? Like it's not. I mean, I just think
3: that's a big waste of time,
2: isn't it? Like I don't, and, and I'm not, and I'm. That doesn't put me on the J. Billis like you know, put put armed guards out and have them you know at the, with the billy clubs at the ready and have them you know yeah. take down the crowd. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying send in the riot police or anything, but it it does it does seem like yeah I do wonder if um if if it's if it's gonna if it's gonna become increasingly unpopular at least at the at least at the administrative level and and I guess and you know someone we talked about this before and someone pointed out there is sort of a, it's a gray area legally as to like do you if you're a fan and you storm the field and you get injured. Did you sign? Did did you sign those rights away with the little with the with the words on the back of the ticket? Like the, you know, are you are you covered in the event of that, or or is it you know are there exceptions to that that would expose a school or a team to
3: everything's uh, negotiable, Dan?
2: You know it's, it does seem like you know you could find a lawyer who would who would who would want to uh, who would want to take a closer look at that. So I don't know, Hopefully. like you know, so so the uh, maybe the old the old Phil Hartman lawyer from The Simpsons, right? Lionel Hutz would would want to. Uh, would want, want to see some of that. I don't know. 334-321-1390, 3, 3, 3, 1, the number to dial. That's Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. We're going to talk spring football with Brian Matthews. We've got that coming up this week. We're going to talk some more Auburn men's basketball with Brian Matthews because – uh, Auburn yeah picked up the big win in Athens on Saturday and they've got the showdown in Knoxville with Tennessee on Wednesday night. Uh love to hear from you. Uh the uh the phone number that that's the Skybar. Bar. Uh, you know, that that's presented by our friends at Skybar Cafe. What's that, Brian? I was going to say uh, also
3: accepting calls on Liverpool's big win in the Carabao Cup uh yesterday. Okay, I could do Won some the first trophy of the year, I yeah. I could do
2: I could do a little footy. Ford I could take calls on that. I could do a little bit, yes. I could do a little bit of soccer for oh, yeah. you. Yeah, I know uh you know uh, it's uh uh, it's 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 a, how how close are we to, the the end of the regular season in in that uh, sport? We well, still, still got a few months. Co- right? Still got a couple of months. Yeah. Okay. How's how, how's your how's your team looking in the? Uh, in, They're in, in the, first place in the standings right now. Okay. But They're not the stand, Man, Are they standings? Man
3: City is going to win the rest of their matches and win it anyway. That's what always
2: happens. But. Is it the draw? Is it the standings? Is it the?
3: Well, well, so you've got four different trophies you can win. Okay. In a Premier League season, you got two cups: the League Cup, which is not called the Carabao Cup, and the FA Cup, which comes later in the season. Uh, at least the finals do. And then you've got the regular season championship, right, uh, your standings. And then you've got some sort of U- uh, Europe, Europe competition like the Champions League. Um, Liverpool didn't qualify for Champions League this year from last year. Um, and they're in the Europa League, which believe, is the league under it.
2: believe we learned in the last month or so, and, and this is probably this might have been while I was away uh, with, with the Trojans, that Atlanta will host one of the – you know mm-hmm. do you know where I'm going with this? Atlanta will yeah. host, when, when, the, when the World Cup comes yep. to North America in 2026, awesome. Atlanta will host one of the two semifinals uh, for, the, uh, for, for the World Cup. I do think that'll be an exciting, you know, I, I, it's, I, I don't remember, I don't remember the United States hosting the World Cup in 94. It's a little, little before my time. But the, uh, the, this one in, in two years should be, and I know there's, there's games in Canada and Mexico as well, but the big games yep. are uh, Atlanta, Dallas, Los Angeles. I believe the final is MetLife in uh, New York, uh, New Jersey. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it should be should should be a really exciting. That's the summer of 2026. The next uh, the next World Cup, and uh, and that's I believe the United States automatically qualifies no matter what happens between now and uh, between now and the the summer of, of 2026 it, it as feels, a yeah as, it, as the host.
3: Yeah, it feels like there's more Americans playing um, European football than ever right now. So I would. Yes, or estimate that they'll have a pretty decent team this year. Yeah, when, when I mean they, that year.
2: Well, yeah, okay. should, should, no matter no matter who the participants are, they're deep in the uh, tournament too. I think it'll be electric that. Uh uh, that summer three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar. Three three four five six four eighteen forty. The drive text box presented by Southeastern industrial contractors, Dan Peck, uh, Brian Matthews from auburn com. drew at the controls bill on jury duty. Uh, he could be back. Am I allowed to say he's, he's talked about the jury duty thing on the air. All right, yeah, good. So what like. yeah, he can't, he can't give me specifics about a, a trial or anything, but we can say bills bills away on, on jury. Duty. That's not like, that's not like secret info. Or anything. But, uh. And anyways, we will be back. Uh, more uh, drive coming up. Stick around.
1: Conservative Justice Sarah Stuyves with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
2: Welcome back. I'm back on, the, you know, the, I was using the Bill mic and now I'm using a different one, I think. If, so if I sound a little, I, I like it. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. Bill Cameron will be back at some point, maybe this week, maybe, uh, maybe not. Uh, but, but he will be, I, I, I would predict that Bill Cameron will be back soon. Uh, in the meantime, we got Brian Matthews from Robertsports.com in the house. We will preview spring football that's starting up. Uh, for Auburn tomorrow, in anticipation of A Day, which is April sixth, the transfer portal window opens just about a week, a little more than a week after uh, A Day. Uh, so, yeah, and, and that's going to be between because uh, because we're four weeks, I think, from Portal Monday in in college basketball. Maybe 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 just three. Uh, we're coming up on on yep. the the time when the when, when the basketball transfer portal opens, and that should be. A very active period of, uh, of of roster movement, and then in football, uh, the uh, second half of April is when players can start transferring. Although I believe uh, not not in the conference. That's the, uh, the the caveat there. I don't think SEC players. I don't think undergraduate well, SEC players.
3: I mean, they, again, they can take him to court, and NCAA yeah. can lose again, and they can be eligible again.
2: So. Yeah, who wants to who wants to be on the <laughs> other yeah. side? Who wants to be on the other side of a rule restricting players <laughs> right. right now, feeling like they're going to win in, a, in a court of law? They're so. going
3: to lose and lose and lose and lose. Uh, the other thing I would say, recruiting wise, Anna cornikova. Um, we we could have
2: a, some some recruiting news here during the show, so stay tuned for that. Whoa, okay, Brian Matthews uh, with the uh, let, letting that one slip, so we, uh, we, we could have some uh, yeah could have some recruiting news as well. Three, three, four, three, two, one, 1390, the number to dial. We will talk Auburn, Georgia, as the Tigers go into Athens, pull away in the. Uh, second half, really impressive, impressive. game. Chad Baker Mazzara, folks, Northwest Florida State Raider, just like me, and uh, and yeah, really fired up for uh, for, for Chad. What a uh, I was talking about it on Doug's show earlier today, and we'll get to Terry in, in just a moment. But but Chad is as a as an on court player, he is a great fit for what Bruce Pearl wants to do. Long, athletic. Uh, You know, able to defend at the the three and the four, aggressive, confident in his own shot, willing to play make not somebody. And I know people would say, "Well, well, wouldn't every coach want that? I think if you were playing, you know, if your if your system played guys 32, 35 minutes a game and required players to be, you know, especially your forwards to be more physical, maybe Chad's lack of bulk. Uh, you know, his 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 uh, wiry frame would uh, w- would hinder him a little bit. But in the Bruce Pearl system, that's as aggressive as it is, as uptempo as it is, and uh, and asks him to uh, uh, to keep moving. Uh, he's I mean, he is just a terror for other teams and was was uh, sensational on uh, on Saturday night. And on top of that, off the court. He seems to be a great fit for this roster. He is somebody who uh, can take command, like he did in the yeah. second half, and rally the troops, yep. uh, like he did in the in the game uh, the, the game in Oxford when he was the the guy giving the speech uh, at halftime when the team needed to come back. So, what a find out of junior college for uh, uh, for Bruce Pearl and his team, and and, and what a uh, what a game uh, Chad Baker Mazzara had. He's uh, he, he's quickly becoming a fan favorite in his first season on the team? I really think that he could
3: really take off and be the go-to guy for Auburn the rest of the season and into the postseason. I really do. After what he did at Georgia, I just to me, that just opened a door. And and you've got to start making your offense around him because he can play make. He can handle the ball. He can do a lot of different things. So uh, to me, I, I think this is the direction Auburn basketball should go.
2: Could be the most dangerous offensive player in the half court. For, for, for Robert, when you think about the different things he can do? I mean, Jani uh, is an effective player too. And, and uh, you know, the yeah, percentages, of the but percentages, uh, you know. You can't always
3: count on Jani because somebody can take him out of the game by double teaming him at the post and doing the things they've done. Uh, it's a little bit tougher to do that with a guy like Chad, who can play multiple positions, who is so versatile, can handle the ball, can do a lot of different things.
2: Holloway seemed to uh, to take a step forward with yes. the uh, with the shot going in too. Yes. Well, you know, so so there's a you know a lot a lot to be I mean, an amazing considering the lack of Jalen Williams and how he had you know he'd been playing 28 minutes a game or so in in league play this year to to go without him and play a road game quad one road game against Georgia. And I know Georgia had struggled of late, but to to go in there and uh, just just carve them up with the surgical precision that this, this team did offensively and and make it tough for Georgia defensively too. Georgia uh, is a team that can't really go to plan B or plan C as an offense. And when, when Auburn took the, the three-point line away and, and was able to, to still hold their own around the basket, uh, Georgia kind of melted under that pressure. And that's something uh, that's, you know, if Auburn can keep doing that, I mean, this is... People will tell you Wednesday night is a a battle of two genuine Final Four contenders, and you know I I think there's there's a lot there's a lot of evidence. Uh, You know, depending on how many Final Four contenders you think there are in college basketball, uh, there's uh, there's probably something to that. I'm still kind of I'm not I'm not there with those two teams yet, but we'll see. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety the number to dial. Let's uh, I'll tell you what let's get to uh, let's get to Terry quickly before we take a break. What's up, Terry?
4: Brian, how's
2: it going? Doing all right. Brian, good to hear from you. Good.
4: Good to talk to you, Dan and Brian. Uh Dan, you're not alone there, but I think something's got to be done. Somewhere in the court for something tragic happens. I think of more next level type tragedy. It's yeah, gotta, it's got it's got to I don't know what you do. I don't have the answers, but something's got to be done. Yeah, I think they they've there've
2: been a lot of sort of narrow misses when it comes to, you know, something really bad happening and, you know, eventually, you know, eventually the the dice is uh, uh you know, they they're going to they're going to they're, they're gonna roll you know, in, in, uh, away from your favor. I just think that's, it's probably, it's probably past time. I don't know. I don't know the, the, the perfect answer, uh, but it seems like what they're doing now to dissuade it is not working and they can, you know, they can take one of many paths to uh, figure out what to do next. But, but I think the, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're dancing along the edge of uh, of the abyss where yeah you could uh, you you could see something really bad happen in, in, in one of these in, in one of these situations
4: i do like the step of the tv next not showing it because i think too many people out there are looking for their their moment of fame
2: yeah uh, no, and no and i think the comparison would be made to if you watch nfl football and, or, or college football if someone decides during the game they're going to they're gonna run out onto the field and run around uh, before or between plays. They do not show it on ESPN. They do I think not they show should. it. They they don't show it. But that, they, they, they don't show it because they don't want more people to do it. And they, they don't want to encourage <laughs> folks is, to do it.
3: That that's antiquated though, because everybody gets it and puts it on social media from their phone anyway, so it doesn't matter anymore to me.
2: it might be an empty step. You're yeah. right. But but I think it would be a at least it would be a step to show they're a little bit more serious about trying to dissuade future field and court stormings because I don't know I mean they can they can say well we're fining schools hundred thousand dollars but you know I mean I I mean the, the notion that Tennessee was fined for that Alabama uh, field storming and then it was used all over ESPN and the SEC network and you know the SEC you know would use it to uh, to, to show what kind of atmosphere you have at SEC football games feels like uh, double talk. Right, it feels like they're they want the yeah. Uh, yeah having your cake and eating it too.
3: That's college football or college sports right now is all double talk. Well, I'm right?
4: afraid it's out of control, and it, they'd let it get out of control, and it's kind of where I see the NIL stuff headed. It's out of control, so they better get a grip on it now if they have any desire to get any kind of
2: control. Feels feels like a different sort of urgency because I think it you does. you're it talking you're talking about physical safety with with field storming and court storming, but I but I also understand uh, how. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, with with NIL, it feels. I mean, the, I don't, I don't totally understand the Virginia and Tennessee uh, lawsuit, except that the NCAA lost, lost again. Right? <laughs> it does there seem there, like, are, there yeah. is no
3: control on NIL, which I, I know everybody down thinks for the count. That's a, a bad thing, but basically, it's just saying it's a free market. In other words, yeah,
4: basically college is semi-pro now, whether people like to hear that
3: or not. But that's not going to be here for long because NIL air is going to be a short one and we're moving to employing these
2: athletes here soon. Right. Have a good day. Appreciate it, Terry. John, hang on. We will get to you when we come back. We're going to take a break. You are listening to the Monday edition of The Drive. 321-1390
1: Three two one one three nine zero. toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at com.
2: welcome back in the monday edition of the drive dan peck in the studio with brian matthews from auburnsports.com love to hear from you 334-321-1390 the number to dial we will uh Get to John, who's been hanging on. We're, we will talk some uh, some spring football. Many many uh, storylines to uh, yes. to follow between now and a day, and certainly following a day as uh, as the the transfer portal reopens and Auburn introduces some new pieces to the team this summer as well. Some some of the guys they've signed are, are still yeah. uh, having most their, of them already enrolled, though. Yeah, most of them have already enrolled, but some of them are still enjoying their senior year. So we'll uh, uh, let, let, let's uh, let's get to John, who, who's hanging on. What's up, John?
5: Hey, good afternoon. I was just going to ask, uh, Brian, uh,
2: y'all may have already covered
5: this, but a, recap, a quick recap of the uh, baseball uh, series uh, over the weekend. Uh, are we, do, do we look like we're going to have a competitive team when it comes to the SEC this year?
3: Yeah, I think that was a very successful trip for Auburn to Jacksonville. You know, I thought they um, played really well in, in the opening, went over Iowa um, and got really a great performance out of, out of the bullpen. And then they just put it on Wichita State, which, you know, is traditionally a power. I'm not sure how good they are uh, this season, but Auburn took care of business there early. And then uh, Virginia, which to me, you know, could be a World Series team. I thought Auburn went head to toe with them. And Virginia just had a few more big clutch type hits that Auburn just did not have. So um, uh, I I feel good about Auburn right now. Um, You know, I, I don't think they're a complete team yet. But um, I like the depth they have in the pitching staff. I really like what some of the transfers are bringing uh, to the lineup right now. And I still think a couple of the hitters still haven't totally got going yet. So that's going to happen.
2: Just a matter of having, having a team that can, that can hold its own once you get into league play. Because it's, I mean, it's always so striking how like 30 conference games, and if you win 18 of them or yeah. 17 of them, you're hosting a Super Regional. And if you win 12 of them, you might not make the NCAA tournament at right. all, right? Like it's, it's, and
3: those games usually come down to a play or two, yeah. right?
2: I mean, those margins are so thin, and you want to be a team who has a chance. feels like Auburn has a chance at least.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was like an SEC weekend, going on the road and, and doing that and winning two out of three. I think that was a big plus for this team.
5: All right, I got a uh, follow-up question in regards to the NIL. Why can't the, uh, <clears throat> the conference control that themselves because they're all – members and if all the members of the conference and or nca agreed to like pay nothing and have no collectives and then the athletes could make you know money off endorsements or commercials uh why can't they handle it that way as opposed to this grab bag that it is now and i think it's unsustainable as it, as it is now because i'm not paying a nickel to uh jimmy to stick in his pocket uh it took me years to pay off my student loans and i'm not opposed to paying for you know Tiger's Unlimited and, you know, trying to give some uh, kids help with scholarships and whatnot, but I I just can't do it. Uh, They're overlooking the value of an education or a degree as far as I'm concerned. But uh, why can't can't this be controlled if everybody just agreed to to not do it?
3: Well, it probably wouldn't stand up in court, but if the SEC was to limit uh, NILs, then, you know, those players might go to the Big Ten or somewhere else where they get more money, right?
2: Yeah, it's keep, it's it's an arms race, right? All it's right. keeping up with the Joneses in the in the industry, and and you know, I, I guess where I where I differ from you, John, is like I I hate the idea of college sports, especially football and men's basketball, coming down to, all right, well, this kid wants to go to school A, but school B you know, offered a hundred thousand dollars or something. So he's going to pick school B instead of school a or, or something like, I like, I hate that. It feel that feels different to me. I make this point all the time, but that feels so different to me than a college football player or a college basketball player or a college gymnast becoming so famous from performing on the field that they get to be in a Dr. Pepper commercial or they get to be in a, uh, a Gatorade commercial or a car commercial or something like they, they feel like different things. And, and what, what, To me, if there's a if there's a solution to NIL and again, I I don't know, but but I I would always sort of think that like the the money that college athletes, especially football and men's basketball players, like if, if there's extra revenue beyond the scholarships that they've earned through their work. To me, it should be coming from the media deal. It should be coming from the television deal that the conference has signed with ESPN or with or with Fox or whatever deal. I mean, that's that's how it's done in the professional leagues. Is the revenue from the media is split nearly 50-50 between management and the and, and the and the well, salaries of the players that may and, be coming here in the next couple years. And to me, that's where and, and that's and that's not asking rank and file fans to crowdfund the the labor force. That's taking the money from the TV network that's that's paying the rights to. and that And that is something that feels fundamentally different than even, if you think about the 70s or the 80s in college athletics, I don't know what the size of the media rights deals were for college athletics in the 70s or the 80s. I'm not sure CBS was paying tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to broadcast football games back then. I think the deals were a little bit, uh, a, a little bit smaller and, and had not exploded with the advent of cable television and, and, and companies yeah, two games so, a week. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed, it seemed a little bit different. And now that you have every game available on demand and tens of millions of dollars being paid to every school in a conference, like if you're, if you're looking for somewhere for, for, for college athletes salaries to be coming from, that feels like a much more appropriate place than, than asking, asking folks to, to, to pay some extra money out of their own pockets.
5: I I agree, but also there's no court that's going to say that uh, they're going to force Auburn or Georgia or whoever to pay an athlete to come to school to play football when they're getting education for free. Except you got the pressure from other schools that will do it. So if it was self policed, you know they could probably handle it. But nobody's going to bite the bullet and and do that for the sake of winning at all costs.
2: Yeah, I've I've always wondered if I've always wondered if we're ending up with. Student athletes being employees of the conference, uh, you know the, the you know whatever whatever conference the member institution is a part of, and and sort of receiving a, a salary, uh, and if and if that's through because the conference handles the media rights deal in, in most of these cases too, if that if that salary comes largely from you know whatever whatever broadcast partner is willing to pay uh, for the rights to the league, like that I don't know that that feels that feels more sustainable and that feels more appropriate. Than than the current climate in in college athletics when it comes to how how folks are being compensated,
5: and at this point, how close are you to completely divorcing uh, athletics from academics? Because if you have unlimited transfers, you're not uh, getting the transfer credit. So, I mean, if, that, if it comes down to that, where it's at the athlete, the athletics has nothing to do with the academia of it, I'll probably be done with. It, uh, that, that just won't be.
2: It's still, sports. you know what? I, I still think and this could, this could implode, but it still seems like the, the, the attention, the airtime you get as a, as, a, as a college, if your football team has a sudden Boise State-esque run, or if your men's basketball team has a Cinderella run through the tournament, the amount that can raise awareness of your school is worth a lot of the money. To, to me, that's always, when people talk about Oh the athletic department lost x amount of dollars per year at this school. It's like well they I mean it's 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 an investment in in it's almost like a marketing investment. Isn't it like you're 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 spending this money and and yeah it would be great if the athletic department turned a profit just based on on ticket sales and media rights and things, but but think about when you have a when you have a huge season in football or when you have a huge season in men's basketball uh, what that could do for applications. What that could yeah, do well, for I mean, yeah, well, Nick Saban the, the, definitely definitely proved that at Alabama. So sure, Alabama's enrollment like, like
5: doubled over the course of his tenure. What
2: that could do for boosters who you know weren't going to donate money until a marquee program started winning on the field. Like to me, it's like I, I uh, you know I think that it's it's going to be you know it's going to be more mercenary than ever before under the current uh, under the current way. But they're Dollar. still I think schools are still going to be chasing that. Oh, but but what if we you know what what will it do if we make the Sweet Sixteen? like imagine imagine what that would do for enrollment if we uh, if if we get into the sweet 16 i think I, I think i think that could be there as long as there's a, as there's the kind of demand we have in, in in college sports john great stuff really appreciate it we're going to take a break we're going to be back with more you're listening to the monday edition of the drive
6: and Joe Biden is trying to.
1: Peck on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
2: Welcome back. The Monday edition of The Drive. Final segment of our number one. Dan Peck in the studio. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com hanging out with us. Drew at the controls, the capable one, as always. Brian, uh, please tell everyone about the outstanding work that you well, guys are you. doing at AuburnSports.com. I appreciate
3: that. Put up my Monday musings uh, this morning. Also, uh, Auburn's updated its roster um, for the first time fully since last spring as far as uh, new numbers and new weights. So I, I did this thing where I, I, I compare the one a year ago to this one and who put on weight, who changed numbers, all that kind of stuff, that's there. Updated. I saw, what
2: was it, too tall, and, and, and Bobby Jameson? right? A couple, a couple of guys that a are – A bunch
3: of pounds. And both of them needed to, right? Now, you think too tall is going to be a little bit quicker now, right? And, and got a year under his belt, so he's going to be uh, probably a better pass uh, protector there at right tackle. You and... got
2: Tuttall as a start right tackle right now, right, as we, as we oh, yeah. practice tomorrow? Yeah, Absolutely. Me too,
3: yeah. I think that's setting stone. One of, the, one of the safer bets yes. on the offense, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, Auburn needs help on the defensive line. And if somebody like Bobby Jamison Travis uh, can step up and, and be a guy there, uh, that would be huge during spring.
2: And then Auburn signed, Auburn signed a tackle too, right? They, uh, they, they, was the...
3: they signed uh, Trill Carter and Gage Keys out of the um, portal. Uh, I think Trill is more of a nose guard, but he's, he's one of those smaller, like in stature, six-foot quick guys uh, to play there. So I, I don't know exactly how they're going to use him. And then they've got three true freshman defensive linemen who you know can play D tackle? Malik Block is probably D tackle and, and uh, Maris. and. Um, uh,
2: well, I was thinking I was thinking of the guy from Mis- didn't sign uh, Mississippi State uh, tam- transfer? Yeah, Percy um, Lewis, left tackle. Percy yes. Lewis is going to be yeah. here, and, he, and he we're thinking we're thinking Percy Lewis uh, left, at left uh, Dylan Wade left guard maybe. Dylan Wade sliding over yes. and playing some guard. I
3: don't know if he's at left guard, right guard, but definitely playing guard. Connor, uh, Connor's there at center. Just put on some some pounds up to around two ninety. Yep.
2: Uh, you, you got a clubhouse leader there at Right Guard, maybe. Uh, uh, I think
3: that's the big battle. That's yeah. the big spring battle. You got Jaden Muskrat. You got um, Jeremiah Wright still. Jeremiah I this Wright menu. back, and you got some younger guys like a Dylan Cinda maybe coming up and pushing too. We'll see.
2: They like Tate Johnson. Uh, somebody, somebody we've seen, we've seen some of as, yep. as well. So I mean, could play different. center or guard. Yeah. Yep. No, that, that's that's going to be yeah a couple couple of plays. I still and it's cliche to pick quarterback. I still think quarterback is the place where, and I'm, I'm not I'm not dismissing Holden or Walker. Or Hank from uh, fr- from being able to make a push to be the starter. I, I just it seems to me that the big choice that Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff have to make is, and, and this spring is is their opportunity to say, all right, we've we've changed some other things. Let's evaluate Peyton and decide should we go into this season with Peyton Thorne as the starter? Can we feel like you know? Do we feel like we can win enough with Peyton Thorne there, or do we need to be active? in the April transfer portal window when you – know, and I don't know how busy the, the April window is going to be. And Hugh Freeze talked about not necessarily wanting to add a quarterback who didn't go through spring practice like he did last year. Yeah. But, but if it's, if it's urgent, they, they might have to go fishing, right?
3: Maybe, but it's hard, to, it's hard to imagine being urgent with a fifth-year guy like Peyton with all his experience, right? I mean – You know what you're getting in him, and you think you're going to get better from him because you're going to have better pieces around him. It's
2: amazing to me how the mood seemed to change after the bowl game about this. Yeah, I I understand it. When you went from from the Iron Bowl to the bowl game, there was absolutely the belief, uh, you know, and I think widely held, that Auburn did not need to make, uh, did uh, did not need to be active in adding a veteran from the portal to come in and compete with Peyton Thorne or try to unseat Peyton Thorne. They, They needed to focus on improving the roster elsewhere and giving Peyton a full off season as the starting quarterback to uh to to, to be more comfortable in twenty twenty four. And then especially with people who went to the bowl game, it seemed like there was a belief coming back. I remember I mean this was yeah I don't mean to, to talk about him while he's not here. Drew, that was absolutely true of Bill, right? Like, felt like Bill was Bill was uh, preaching patience with Peyton. Thorne, came back from the bowl game saying, you know, let, well, "I've
3: flipped like five or six times." Sure, I'm, I'm the first one to admit it. It's just, it's just, you know, I man, I've been covering college football for 25 years, following it for much longer than that, and it's just. Um,
2: Who do you tough. believe of Walker of Walker Holden and Hank, the most serious threat to unseat Peyton Thorne as the starter? in the spring is definitely Hank by far, I,
3: I I Holden may, may again, surprise everybody, but I just don't think he's a part of this right now. Based and, on what I've seen.
2: And it just seems like it's a big gamble to go with someone who hasn't played, you know, hasn't, hasn't started a college football game when you go into year two uh, as, as Hugh freeze. But if he's, if he's the best guy, if he's undeniable, uh, you know, Hugh freezes, Hugh Freeze has pulled the plug on quarterbacks before and made, and made the change. So yeah. uh, I think if it's, if it's, if if Auburn does if Auburn stands pat and Auburn goes with Peyton Thorne as QB one, Hank Brown as QB two, if that's how it shakes out, there will be there will be pressure early on Peyton Thorne to produce, right. Right. or or Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff may decide uh, to, uh, to 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 take a really serious look at what else they have on the depth chart. Okay, Got
3: the first, I think the first five games at home, is that right? I believe that's right. So even if it's Peyton Thorne, Hank Brown, you've got a chance, if, if Peyton's struggling or average or whatever, to bring Hank along and, I, and not put the pressure on him. And, it, you know, if you name Hank Brown the
2: starter after spring, you're likely going to lose
3: Peyton, right? He, he might as I well would, just transfer I would, think, out.
2: I would think that's probably true. Peyton Thorne also, as a graduate transfer, could, could go wherever he wants and, and start immediately if, if, that, if that option, uh, if, he, if he decides to avail himself of that option. I believe Oklahoma is one of those first five. Home games. Uh, yeah, as, that's the as, pitch one. Yeah, that's okay. that's that's yeah. that will be a, a monster game later on this year. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Dan Peck, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com in the studio. Drew at the controls. We'll be back with our number two. You are listening to the Drive.
1: Live from Auburn
2: Welcome back. The Monday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Brian Matthews. That's some breaking news. AuburnSports.com with the breaking news alert. We will talk about that in just a moment. Drew is uh, is out the controls, doing a great job as per usual. Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. That number presented by our friends at Skybar. 334-564-1840, 3, 3, the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform, search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, or go to ESPNAU.com and use the uh, podcast center. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. You've got uh, breaking news. There's beeping and booping going on because <laughs> because it's uh, – because. Uh, we, we've got, a, we, we've got a, 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 a piece of news that just, just hit the wire.
3: Auburn has picked up its ninth commitment for the 25 class from Devin Williams, cornerback from Buford, Georgia. That is a powerhouse school over there in Georgia, which uh, produces a ton of uh, top SEC caliber, Big Ten caliber athletes. That uh, A lot of them go on to the NFL, too. Uh, he is the number 11 cornerback in the country. 5'11", I think he's around 170 or so. Was it the?
2: Um, correct me if I'm wrong. When Auburn had a, uh, it was either the weekend before signing day uh, last year or a big junior day when it felt like there was a very large presence from Buford, uh, like multiple, you know, mul- multiple players. I believe maybe some coaches made that trip as well. And we heard about like Auburn was going to really focus on trying to build something of a pipeline. Yeah, that, w- that was an early that was an early priority for Hugh Freeze. Well, that's uh, with, the
3: five star safety. I, f- I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he ended up signing with Georgia. Uh, Florida State and Auburn were uh, right there with it,
2: but yes. he was the player. He was the player who I believe said that he received an eye-popping deal in the NIL space, right? I think that was the same player who who had uh, who had, had said that mm-hmm. there was something about like a, a two million dollar or three million dollar per year offer had been. Uh, had been waved in front of his face by one of the other schools that he that he didn't choose. So yeah, it's a uh, to to pick up a uh, Devin Williams, not the closer for the Brewers. Mm-mm. A different a different Devin Williams. So well, there is some baseball news uh, in the in the major league. I mean, we get closer to the start of major league baseball season. Mets are a disaster. Uh, could, lose, uh, could, could, <laughs> could lose could lose could lose one hundred wow. and ten games, and 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 probably need to trade uh, probably need to trade uh, uh, Alonso uh, for for whatever they can get for him. Uh, right now and, and, and uh, start the, uh, start the rebuild a little bit early on, but, but yeah. Be- and Bellinger, uh, is he, it was, he was, he was, he was, he was there last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's sticking with the, uh, uh, sticking with the Cubs, uh, but, but uh, uh, yeah. So, so love to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. 1390, but yeah, Auburn picking up a, uh, uh, picking up a, a big, uh, big commitment for the, is it 25? 25
3: class. Class 25.
2: The ninth commitment in that class, Auburn is well on its
3: way to signing that top five class, which is you freezes. Um Goal for year two.
2: And this, the next uh, six months or so between now and the start of the season, mm-hmm. vitally important for recruiting class of 25. Uh, you players. want to Is have there... 20 plus commitments by the time we get to August. And where are we now? Nine. So there, okay. So there's, and, and you, you want to hold on to the nine that you've got yeah. right now. I mean, now they're well on, on their, their way to it, right? Okay. It,
3: it really picks up in the end of May and June when you start having those official visits. Right. And a lot of kids start making those, their final decision before the start of their senior season.
2: Talking with Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com here on the, uh, on the Monday edition of the drive. Auburn picking up the big win in Athens uh, against uh, the Bulldogs on Saturday night, a, a quad one win. You know, this team went a, a long time with, uh, without picking up a, uh, a victory that the, the, the metrics uh, had as a quad one. And I suppose Georgia could fall out. Of the, uh, of the quad one standings if the, if the slide continues uh, for, uh, for, for Mike White and, uh, and his team. But considering that Auburn was was going uh, onto the floor without Jalen Williams for the first time and there was a question of uh, how are you going to divvy up, like I said in the first hour, Jalen was playing about 27, 28 minutes a game in league play. I don't think Auburn really wanted to extend Janai Broom more than the 26, 27 he already plays. The question then became, how do you how do you divvy up twenty seven minutes or so for for Jalen Williams elsewhere? I thought more of them would go to Chris Moore, and I wouldn't rule that out moving forward. I think I think that if he, uh, th- I think the, the question is, can you play? You don't want to play Chris Moore and Cheney Johnson together. I think that probably leaves you a little bit too shorthanded offensively and, and doesn't give you enough range at the three and the four. So it feels more like. If if as long as Jalen's out, Chris Moore could be the backup to, Cheney Johnson. You could see. You know, I'm I'm thinking more minutes for Chad. He, he was already playing 21-22. That could go up to closer to thirty. More minutes for Cheney. Uh, he was at fourteen or fifteen. That could maybe move up in, into the twenties. Maybe another minute. You know, maybe, maybe another couple of minutes for Dylan. Cheney
3: played 26 minutes against. That's Georgia. what
2: I mean. Cheney went up from from 14 per yeah. game to, to 26. Uh, Dylan played more minutes than I believe that I think he's averaging right around 10 or 11. And Dylan played a little more than that against uh, against Georgia because they felt yeah. like they could play Dylan at the five and move Janai mm-hmm. over to the four. So no, I mean there there are different roster combinations you could go with, but seeing Chad Baker Mazar play the way he did, I uh, had to be really uh, reassuring uh, for an Auburn team that wondered where was some of the because. Not that jalen williams hasn't Jalen Williams has been an effective defensive player this year, but Auburn's defense has not taken a big hit when Jalen Williams goes to the bench this season. Auburn's offense had struggled to replicate Jalen williams's production when Jalen Williams wasn't on the floor for Auburn's offense to look the way they did against Georgia without Jalen williams has to be uh yeah it had to be really uh you know reassuring for a coaching staff that you know I, I'm sure they were wondering. How is this going to look without one of our one of our key veterans uh, in in the lineup?
3: I, I I just think it's like they opened a door and you can't close it now, right? Uh, you know, Chad Baker Mazzara right now is your starting three from here on out, and to me he is your go-to guy. He is the guy the offense works around. Yes, you're going to feed it to Jani in the post and get him involved. Of course you are, uh, but he is the guy that's the difference maker.
2: And that would that would make the offense I think somewhat reminiscent of towards the end of the 2020 season. And it's so – when you think about the 2020 postseason being canceled, like that Auburn team was rounding into form. It was. They demolished Tennessee on the road the last game of that season. And a lot of what was working for that Auburn team was was. Uh, involving Samir. Yep. Like it was the way It was the way the offense sort of ran through Samir yep. – and I do wonder if if an offense running through Chad Baker in the half court, like if if that's something that we'll see more of, uh, with with that you know even yeah. even when Jani, even when Jalen comes back, what are you hearing on? Uh, and you you can you can speculate if you want to. I my my understanding from folks I talked to about Jalen would be, uh, they they would love for him to play before the conference tournament. Yeah, like that I, last that last yeah. week, right? Like you know if if they can. You know, they're not going to rush it. They're not going to, uh, you know, try to get him before he's ready. But that, that was it at Missouri? Georgia at home, Georgia at, at home. At Missouri is, and Georgia at home are the yep, final two, two games yep. of so, the
3: season. So, you know, maybe set that as your goal. And then if anything happens before then, be really pleasantly suppressed. But uh, I would think um, probably Georgia at home would be the most likely.
2: What do you make of how the point guards were utilized against Georgia? Holloway played uh, significantly. Holloway got the start. Uh, played significantly more minutes than uh, th- than Trey. I do wonder, uh, as you know, if if the rotation shortens, if Bruce starts to lean on his starters more th- than he has so far this season, uh, will the point guard split continue to be sort of even, or will someone start to uh, pull ahead uh, in the, in this final month or so? Not sure on that one.
3: I mean, Aiden was a starter begin the season for a reason. And we saw that finally at Georgia, right? When he's making those threes, that opens a, a lot of stuff up and makes Auburn much tougher to defend, right? Um, and and Trey really hasn't been a. I thought he would. I thought Trey would would make more threes. I thought he'd be more of a scoring option. Bigger this
2: year. bigger SEC guards can give Trey pressure. We we yeah. saw it, and it's not it's not his fault. Um, he's he's inexperienced as a point guard compared to some of the guys he's going up against. Uh, but, but, you know, you go back to uh, the Florida game, uh, the, the, the Kentucky game, Mississippi State, uh, to, to an extent. I mean, there, there were some games where, where the ball pressure seemed to, uh, seem, seemed to get to Trey. And I do wonder if uh, the, you know, the way the guards were used against uh, Georgia, if we could see, if we could expect, if the plan going in could be something similar against Tennessee. And if that's the case, you know, do, do, we, start to, do we start to see a pattern? emerge where, where Holloway is getting more of a, of a starter's role and, uh, and, and Donaldson is, is spelling him on occasion versus, versus something of a split.
3: I mean, that, I could see that, yeah. certainly. And um, Aiden just needs to stay confident and, and you know, to keep knocking out shots because he's a really good – I mean, there's a reason he was a five-star. There's a reason that he was a starter. Uh, for whatever reason, he just struggled to find it. I don't know if it's and that's confidence. a dangerous that's yeah.
2: a dangerous thing to add to the offense in the absence of Jalen Williams too because Jalen Williams is somebody who had knocked down a three point shot on occasion to keep yeah. defenses honest and you know as Auburn looks to, to see where the outside shooting is going to come from without him uh, Holloway taking a step forward as Chad uh, Chad Baker mazara said in the in the post game you know he he wanted the uh, you know it, fe- it felt like a lot of guys in the locker room felt like they needed to step up a little bit uh, because Jalen wasn't going to be there and it wasn't just going to be on one person. Uh, to, uh, to, to uh, take up for, for the, the production uh, they didn't have from Jalen.
3: They have stepped up, but here's my thing. They don't need to step back, even when he returns. This needs to be Auburn's team. Jalen can fit right back into this group, right? He doesn't have to be the alpha. He doesn't have to demand the ball. He can affect games and win games doing his thing, right, working in his, into the offense. But when you've got Chad and Aiden and um, Chaney Johnson coming off the bench and doing what he does, this can be a really dangerous team, and they, they need to build on
2: this. They don't need to you know, just make this a one-off. 334-321-1390 3, 3, 3, 1, is the number to dial. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. We'll talk uh, some more uh, spring football, too. As, uh, as, uh, really excited, Brian, to, uh, to, to get our first look at Cam Coleman and Bryce Kane uh, in, in Auburn uniforms. The other two, like you yep. said, Perry Thompson and Malcolm Simmons uh, will be joining the team. Uh, in the uh, in the summer when, yep. when their when their, uh, high school uh, careers are over, uh, but Auburn is adding uh, two very highly regarded freshmen plus uh, two transfers, plus, Robert
3: Lewis and Sam Jackson. And
2: I yeah, Sam Jackson to me, I remember how explosive he looked as the quarterback yeah, when we we're getting, getting, right. ready to, uh, getting ready to get ready to play Cal. Uh, the thought that, that Auburn could be adding somebody like that, uh, and, and you know it's, it's a it's a dice roll when you're talking right. about someone switching positions from quarterback to receiver. Uh but the thought that uh the thought that someone like uh Sam Jackson could and, and he might have some chemistry with Peyton Thorne because they were high school teammates. Like I, I think it could be he certainly seems from from where we're sitting, like he certainly seems to have the explosion as a runner yeah. to, uh, to to fit in in some role on the offense. And I'm uh and, you know, and you might be tempted to use a trick play or two with a guy like that, you, you know, yes, considering how much he, uh, considering how much you played quarterback. So, or even run the ball with him, right? I mean, you could, you might, you might try the, uh, you know, the, the, with Robbie Ashford has moved on. Uh, Hugh Freeze likes to run the ball at the quarterback. Like, I, I think that's a, it's a really shrewd, interesting pickup. And I, and I hope it, uh, I, I hope it hits a, uh, hits jackpot. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Coleman,
3: Robert Lewis, for starters, coming out of spring, maybe he won't officially announce it that way, but you know, we'll know, um, and to me, Sam Jackson was worth the risk. If he doesn't pan out, okay. You know, he's got a chance to come to SEC school and, you know, experience all those things. And if he does, he could be a really explosive athlete the a guy that's a matchup issue on offense who could play, you know, maybe that slot position.
2: Who's back from last year? Is it, is it, uh, is it Coymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, Camden Brown. Camden Brown, Caleb, Jay, Jay Caleb, Jay Burton, Caleb Burton and Jay Fair?
3: Yep, basically.
2: I think that's it, right? Isn't I think those are the four scholarship receivers that are back from uh, from 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 last year's team because there was so much attrition. Because you think there's so much attrition between the bowl game, between the end of the season and the bowl game that Auburn went in with uh, a limited group of receivers into that bowl game who hadn't played uh, too much football on the season. Now that yeah, now down to to just the uh, the four. Because one of them, I think one of them was uh, either shorter or or Hollywood, but it was one of the one of the group of five transfers. That had uh, that, that had come in, so it was yep. it's a limited group, and, and I think there there should be there should be a, a role for any of those four guys if they if if they show that they really need to be out there. Uh, there could also be a role for any of the uh, uh, any of the incoming players. Yeah. You know, there, there seems to be a lot of opportunity available for uh, for guys who want to work through it. And then and then I, I know one of the other you were noting the numbers and weights changing for some of the players, mm-hmm. the updated ones. Mike Riley seems to be somebody who has earned some fans. In put on his, some weight, yeah. Put on some weight and maybe maybe in anticipation of a, uh, of, a, of a larger role.
3: Yeah, it's tough for him right now. It's been tough for a couple of years just because you've had these veteran tight ends, right? And they brought in Rivaldo. So you got Rivaldo, you got Luke Deal, you got um, Brandon Fraser back. That's three veteran guys, and you would imagine those three guys are going to get most of the snaps at tight end. So for him and um, – uh, the transfer that came in, um, uh, I can Rico Walker. Um, you know, it might be they're just gonna have to do what they can do. You know, this season, this, but is, next prob- year, this is
2: probably the last season of Rivaldo and yeah, Fraser, all of them, and yeah, yeah and, and Deal as, as college football yeah. players. So it might might still be a year away. Although, you know, I, I think Hugh Freeze is other is, is somebody who he's gonna like. If you if you if you impress out there as a target for quarterbacks you'll find your way onto the field
3: yeah that's true and so you never know but um even if they if, even if they're not big contributors this year uh they're in line to be starters or co-starters uh for 2025
2: three, 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 two, one, 334 the number to dial dan peck brian matthews from armardsports.com in the studio drew at the controls we will be back you're listening to the monday edition of the drive Monday edition of the drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Brian Matthews from auburnsports.com at the controls. Brian uh, did, did uh, music musing uh, as part of his. Uh, what, what did, who, who'd you say? It was Leanne Rimes, mm-hmm. right? It was, it, yes. it did Leanne Rimes win, yeah. winning Best New Artist. Mm-hmm. She uh, won 20, two Grammys. When 27, 27, 28 youngest, years ago. Youngest ever. Yep. Con Air, of course. Uh, love theme from Con Air How Do I Live? Uh, among among her uh, among her her many hits in the in the country music space that was more of a, a pop hit that crossed over. But we could t- we could talk more movie music uh, later on in the show. I got a million of those. But uh, I'd love to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Auburn spring football getting started tomorrow. We will have what, what was it Thursday? We will have interviews with where we're going to get a chance to talk to Hugh Freeze and a uh, pretty impressive list of players. Uh, Peyton Thorne. Rivaldo Fairweather, Jason Jones. I'm leaving a couple of players off. I don't I don't remember recall. who Luke Deal? Maybe I wanna I want to say Luke Deal yeah. was on that list. I apologize. Probably. I apologize. he's a listener, so I apologize if uh, if, if I left uh, Luke Deal off that um...
3: Asante, Deal, Fairweather, Jason Jones, Peyton, Thorne.
2: Okay, so I got everybody but Asante. Yep. Sorry about that, Asante. He, and he was uh he he was uh, uh, so so good on, on, on he tiger incredible. tiger takes. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah so so we will and you know might have might have him back you never know. Also got uh, the Tiger Takes Baseball news coming up pretty uh, pretty soon. Just just wait and uh, wait and wait and see on that one. Uh 334-321-1390 the number to dial. And uh let's get to the uh uh to, to the uh the phone line presented by our friends at Skybar and uh Pat is on the line. What's up Pat? Hey guys, how are y'all? Do doing all right. Good to hear from you.
0: Yeah, hey Brian, I wanted to tell you man, I couldn't agree with you more on everything you said today. I'll start out with the um, with the field storming. I, I, I love your idea. I, I think one minute in basketball. Now, now that you brought it up, one minute in basketball I have the have the timer clicking down, and two minutes in football because yeah. I mean in football it takes us like ten minutes to get on the field anyway.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <I> mean, <most laughs> Put all those bushes. People.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a murder rogue trying to go over those bushes, but but no, but I do, I do I do think it needs to stay. I just think you're right. Let, let's give them one minute to shake the hands and walk off the field, and the and our players can stick around if they want to. I think that's just a great idea. Um, and in that's terms that's sort of what, what that's said, sort of what
2: Clemson does too. Like Clemson football, I think every home game ends in a field storming, but it's just a matter of it's not a it's not a chaotic. Jailbreak sort of deal to get on the field. It's sort of it's sort of done in an orderly. Here are the entrances. Here are the you know proceed to the to proceed to this stair you know these stairs and that stairs if you want to get on the field. And over the course of that you know it's it's never a a sort of a safety risk for the other team.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And when I was I was in Houston for for three years, and I went to the Houston a Texas a And M Texas game. And and they they let everybody get on the field after the game. So I I just think I just think it, it just needs to stay. Um, when it, when it's concerning. Uh... The, the the um Chad Chad Chad's one of my favorite players and I I saw it coming. He he makes some of the greatest passes all this year, um just passes that most people don't even think about making. He makes them, and we got a lot of guys that try to make passes, but they're just not not great at doing it. They they it's in their mind, but they just can't. Yeah. Their brain and their and their body can't make the play quick enough or, or right. But he he seems to make the best passes. And then Cheney, I I talked to him and I told him I said, man you. When you you are big enough, strong enough, you you do not need to ever be held back. And I've been waiting for him to pop. And I agree with you. I think that we do not need to go back to what we did. I, I was kind of hoping it would happen. I mean, I think last year our two guys that were that were like you know should have been guys that got better. They just kind of never never appeared. And maybe this was perfect for us that they yeah. they just happened to have their chance and, and stuck it. But I think yeah. we don't need to go back to where we were. We need to phase out. We need to we need to phase instead of phasing out people. Technically, we just need to phase uh, Jalen back in, but don't take them back down to where they were because they are contributing. Yep. They are contributing big time.
2: I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much soccer uh, Chad Baker Mazzara <laughs> played uh, growing up, but I know I've seen the clips on social media of him kicking the ball uh, from the yeah. three point line uh, in, into the into the goal, and he has the vision of of somebody who like I've I've, I've you, uh, Brian we've encountered this before. A basketball player who who moved from soccer to basketball. Steve Nash did this. Yeah, where it was guys who had this outstanding uh, vision to to think you know that the, the they, they could see the chess move before it happened and plan accordingly. And Chad Baker Mazzara has that kind of vision as a passer. Like he really he really does. He can find. Uh, he can he can get it to where the guy's going to be. Uh, before uh, long before the player starts their move to get there sometimes that can lead to a you know an interception where it, you know it's a uh, the a little bit of a miscommunication between where the guy's going and, and where the ball's going uh but often it can lead to highlight real passes and uh, and you're right it, it, he's uh he's very confident in every aspect of his game including uh, his ability to playmake
0: yeah well no, I I think it's it kind of I was hoping it would happen earlier, but, but you know, because I just felt like they just needed more playing time. In my mind, they, they, you know, they get out there and they only get a couple of chances and then if it doesn't work out and they just go back to the bench. I was hoping it didn't happen the same way it happened last year. I think that's what happened with the one guy we had um, that was supposed
2: earlier, to be a Earlier in this, you know, even before the Jalen Williams injury, I thought that we were going to get to a point where Bruce was going to identify five or six players who needed to play. 29, 30, 32 minutes in must win games. And Chad Baker Mazar is certainly on that list, right? Like, if, if yeah. when, when Auburn shortens the rotation and gets to, and we'll see what, what healthy Jalen looks like. But I would think that Janai, you know, if, if Auburn were playing a Sweet 16 game, uh, you know, or, or a game to get to the Sweet 16 uh, very soon. I would be playing 30 to 33 minutes in that game. and Chad Baker Mazar is probably playing 30 to 33 minutes in that game. I would think Denver Jones is playing 30 plus minutes in a game like that. Uh, Jalen Williams, if healthy, would have been on that list. Uh, if not, you know, that opens up minutes for more minutes for Dylan and more minutes for Cheney and more minutes for Chris Moore uh, and, and different different combinations. Uh, but Chad has absolutely earned his place on the list of guys that, uh, he, he he usually needs to be out there now that the games are getting more important.
0: Well, I, I do think that right now we the way it's set up, we got Tennessee. We just got to burn ourselves out. We guys got to do whatever it takes. If we win that game. I, th- I think we win the SEC. Personally, we at least tie it because yeah. I mean I don't I think Alabama's losing to Florida. I mean I think that's that's there's no way they're going to beat Florida at home.
2: There's I've two there's Florida. two very tough games. You know if Alabama goes if Alabama goes two and zero at home against Tennessee. And at Florida, they will most likely win they'll at least that, yeah. at least a share, if not win the league outright. And they'll probably deserve to, you know, if you win those two games, you know, at Florida and and Tennessee at home uh, in 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 uh, in a back to back situation. But but no, I, I don't know. Based, I mean, not not to be a prisoner of the moment, but certainly the Alabama team that I just saw get uh, deep fried uh, in Rupp Arena, like that team. That team's not going to go two and zero in in those two games, and it's a matter of you then you're talking about a path being open to the winner of Wednesday night's game Auburn or Tennessee uh getting getting a share of the SEC title.
0: Yeah, well I, well, I think we're going to get to the SEC tournament. We're going to need to play three games in a row, so we're going to need everybody. We need we need we're going to need all our guys. And then and then we're going go to go the, to the to the to the regular tournament. So and we're going to play back-to-back games in 2 and 3 days, you know, so so I think we're going to need the guys, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's perfect timing to get to get them all 20 24 minutes each the, the main guys and i think i think that we needed those two guys to become better players so they're not just coming in and buying minutes and the they're depth is the damage
2: and the depth is going to make it to where you didn't have to be playing some of these starters 30 30 plus minutes every yep. single yep. game you know they, they will That's be right. i mean right. the, the nba right. the, it, the buzzword is load management and, and the nba load management is when you just rest guys for entire games bruce hasn't just sat Janai Broom for an entire game, but he's been very careful with, with Janai's minutes. You, you haven't seen situations where Janai was playing yeah. 35, 38 minutes a game trying to run the floor. And he's still only got 26 against Georgia. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's, it's going to work out because, because when you play three games in a row, I mean, you don't want them playing more than 22, three minutes. But you may have one game where they have to, but that's fine because then the other guys can play – Play on the on the next day, or the, the prize. A different
2: the prize regionally, if Auburn keeps winning in the NCAA, you know, the prize for the NCAA tournament would be. Uh, you, I think, I think the idea for Auburn would be Memphis is the best of of the eight sites that they're going to have the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Memphis would be the one geographically most favorable to Auburn. So you want to be one of the top two teams in sort of the southeast and and pick up Memphis as a draw. Houston, Tennessee, Alabama would be your competition. But the higher Auburn gets, you know, if Auburn's one of the if, if Auburn's the top three seed, for example, there's a chance that Auburn is playing in Memphis in the first two week the first two games of the NCAA tournament. And Memphis would provide a much larger you would think Memphis would provide a much larger home court advantage than, say, Salt Lake City or Spokane or Brooklyn or some of the other places where Auburn could be sent in the first weekend, the better, you know, on top of the SEC tournament advantage, uh, there's the chance that Auburn could play their way into where they're playing in Memphis uh, or, or Charlotte's less likely because Carolina and Duke are both uh, in the in the mix to be in Charlotte, too. Uh, but those are Memphis and Charlotte would be preferable to would be preferred over some of the other spots that Auburn could be sent. And, and I, I have to imagine that in Memphis, Auburn would be a, uh, you know, that they, they could turn that into something of a home game
0: yeah no that's that's perfect hey i do i want to think about that that one minute time time, time, time countdown would be funny because it'd be like you know when you, you got a dog that you're trying to feed and they're you're making them wait and oh it'd be
2: like down. new year's eve it'd be like yeah, new yeah, year's yeah. eve countdown, pat like i mean he, exactly he new could, year's it'd be, exactly. be just like new like year's eve you're just
0: sitting there chomping at the bit to get, and you're like counting it down you could like, you could have a f- you.
2: you could have a fireworks yeah. show when the when <laughs> when it finally gets to zero and then, then you know yeah. put it on the big screen yeah, everybody get on the thinking. field or something. Yeah, I think there's, there's something there. All right. Good stuff, Pat. Appreciate right. it. Thanks, guys. we 334-321-1390, the number to dial. We'll be back. You're listening to the Monday edition of The Drive.
1: With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at
2: ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Monday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Brian Matthews from ArmoredSports.com hanging out with us. Drew at the controls doing his usual outstanding job. Love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. I should mention, uh, well, that, that's the, the drive hotline presented by our friends at Skybar Bar Cafe. Uh, orthopedic Clinic, uh, sponsor of our number two, uh, your go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Big shout out to the Orthopedic Clinic as always. And uh, you, can, uh, you can text us, three three four five six four eighteen forty 564 1840 on the drive text box That's presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, Some scheduling notes. We might not have a show Wednesday. We might not have a show Friday. I've got a Troy game. Bill is out with jury duty this week. Uh, We've got other things going on at the radio station. Uh, So there's a chance that you may just have ESPN network programming on Wednesday Hmm. and or Friday. If that happens, do not be alarmed. The drive will be back soon. In short order, uh there there is yeah there's it's it's just a temporary uh a temporary preemption if that's what happens if bill is available i think there will be a show on wednesday and there will be a show on friday uh, but but it's a matter of uh, whether or not uh, that that happens right now we don't know uh, so at the moment i would say uh, brace yourself for no show wednesday and no show on uh friday uh we will have a show tomorrow and we will have a show on Thursday. Tuesday, we will be previewing the uh, Auburn uh, Tennessee game uh, up in Knoxville on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll also be talking about the first day of spring practice, and then Thursday we'll be recapping that uh, th- that game between Auburn and Tennessee. Yes, I'm and, gonna... and we've also got and uh, we've also got some players that we're going to talk to on Thursday uh, dur- during this first week of Auburn uh, spring practice. So, yes, yeah, So, okay. How about this? outside of we'll get we'll get to Mitch and then I've got a question for you about us in right. practice uh, Brian Matthews let's get to um, our buddy Mitch down on the Florida Panhandle in the 850 what's up Mitch
4: Hey guys uh uh we're only we're less than 2 weeks away from daylight savings time how do y'all feel about that I know Bill Thrilled. doesn't like it
2: thrilled i love no, bill, it. it bill doesn't stay bill doesn't like things. the bill doesn't like fall back. The, yeah the period between right. oh okay bill it, doesn't like the period between october and and march right. when when the when the, the daylight is reduced i think bill does especially now retired bill i think is really going to like uh right. you know the the there's still being some daylight out there when the show's over
4: right uh got a couple of things um uh baseball uh, uh for you dan uh I was listening to the virginia game and I guess in the seventh inning, uh, Ike Irish hit a, a a screamer and it went off the pitcher somewhere and landed in
3: like, right right field right
4: field yeah. or something. My question is if if it hits them and, and they catch it in the air, is it an out or not?
2: Yes. If it hits the pitcher and does not touch the ground and someone catches it off the deflection from from the player uh, it is an out. That that is that is the same as catching it. That is the same as catching it in the air. Now if now if it hits if it hits the ground at some point um, and then and then deflects off of the player uh, that you know or or hits the player deflects off the player hits the ground uh that that's that's a live ball that needs to be uh, you know but but no if if yeah if they'd caught it if they'd caught it off the uh, off the, off the the deflection that that's uh, uh, that that is uh, that that's that's an out.
4: Okay, so, like, so like, if he just, for, you know, defensive purposes, put his glove up and it hit his glove and ricocheted up in the air and somebody caught it being out, but if it hit the ground, then hit him and ricocheted off, they would actually have, have to throw it to first. Yeah, correct. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, next thing, and I, I, I keep ESPN, except when you guys are on, I keep ESPN radio on in the garage, but... I heard something about a, a, a fight at a Cam Newton seven on seven. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. Some dudes jumped him. It looked like uh, uh, Cam Newton yeah. was doing a seven on seven camp. Uh, there's, I mean, there's video that has emerged on social media of this. I don't know, you know, what details are out there aside from what you see in the video. But it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like Cam Cam Newton is uh, is attacked by a, by a group of of people and uh, does his best to fight them off and and some other folks intervene and and sort of separate it, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was you know multiple guys uh, with a with a size disadvantage, a numbers advantage, but a size disadvantage uh, going right. up against a uh, former Robert quarterback Cam Newton.
4: Wow. Okay. Well, I'll have to dig back into that because that's just crazy. But uh and I'll uh, I'll piggyback on Pat. Um, uh, Brian, I like your I like your idea about the storming thing. Yeah, give them a couple of minutes on the court to shake hands, let them leave on the court football same way five minutes or whatever let them do all that stuff let them get off the field and then you know we can partay yep after after a big victory so besides that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make it like a hockey rink and put like you know plexiglass (laughs) around the, 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 the playing area uh, to keep them out, so. a moat. You're, you're gonna
2: need a moat or something, right? You're gonna have to, to figure out uh, medieval medieval ways to protect the uh, the, the the playing surface. I, I, I don't know, and and I guess there is news now in the last few hours that the injury to the Duke player uh, does not appear to be season altering. I think he avoids. I think the way the ESPN ticker said was that Filipowski avoided a major injury in the collision uh, in, in the game Saturday. It still, you know, just it seems like it's it's uh, it's gambling and i you know i, I don't know I, you know and i'm and i'm not advocating for uh, anything uh, draconian uh, but I, I do wonder you know if if the the urgency uh, needs to be there to uh, to, 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 to secure uh, at the very least the safety of the people on the on, on the on the field of play or the court uh, however you can 334 321 1390 the number to dial we got tex on the line right what's up tex
6: I uh, just got well, about five hours I got back from Jacksonville. I heard Mitch uh, talking seven, the ball that seven, uh, seven. Irish hit. Yeah, well, it hit this, It hit that Virginia pitcher and ricocheted probably 40, 50 feet into right field. And the sound from the bat was loud, but not as loud as the sound that hit when he hit him in the leg. I, don't I was know I was about to ask up. Tex. I was
2: about to ask where where it hit him because I because I didn't it I've not seen this. Leg, okay. and
6: he got back up and finished. Uh, it was quite remarkable. I thought he was going to be injured. It, it was bad, and even I kind of looked as if you know, oh my gosh, did you know, something bad happen? And, and very fortunate that it didn't because that ball was smoked. Uh, by the way, great Auburn contingent in Jacksonville. Uh, Our baseball team showed a great deal of fight coming back after waiting forever to play on Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, Saturday was my birthday. We got two wins on the same day. Uh, This one of them was at 12.45 when it was finished, 12.45 a.m. that is. And then they came back on Saturday. And the remarkable thing is going through all that on Friday and coming back and just opening up in in the first inning on the Saturday game and just pounding the ball, it was really fun to watch. Uh, I've been on one of the boards. I'm sorry, Brian. I, I follow your page, but I don't go on your board. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but uh, and I probably shouldn't have gone on the one on the other side. The other company, uh, longtime friends of mine, and uh, I made a discussion about. I thought Virginia pitched better than we did uh, because they made pitches in critical, yeah. critical situations. And we gave up hits in critical situations. Yep. Yep. Right. Typically, to me, that's meaning we didn't pitch quite as well. I didn't mean we pitched bad. Uh, it, it was a great ball game. It was. And we hit we, – we, hit, we smoked some balls. Were you there?
3: No, no, I just watched.
6: Okay. I was going I to say, I didn't see you. I, oh, I, I wish I you. I about there. everybody else. So, uh, it, it, it was a blast. It's a great format, uh, great field, great location. Uh, and I'm with Bill Cameron. Uh, I wish Daylight Savings Time was already back so we'd had an extra hour of sunlight <laughs> or so because uh, it gets kind of a little chilly when the when the sun goes down. But really great park, uh, really good baseball. I think this team has a shot to make it to Omaha. we we got to make sure. We've got to find a rotation yes. that can be – and it's hard in baseball to be consistent every weekend, especially in our league. But I think that whole thing was a great setup for what we'll do, and and who will play in Southeastern Conference,
2: and that seemed to be the plan I, I, with when when designing the schedule, right? Like Butch talked yeah. about it in the interview we had with him, where you know he mentioned uh, that this was this was a very ambitious schedule with a lot of uh, you know the, the kind of schedule that you would think at a conference they're setting themselves up to where if they take care of business, uh, that they could uh, that they could break through and be. Uh, an SEC team that hosts
6: yes well I think they'll host Uh, I think this is a really good baseball team and uh, I think the pitching will come on there's some young arms and there's some more mature arms that I think as we get along uh, you know Friday night it was a little chilly and damp uh, so it made it a little more chilly Uh, Saturday it was just a slug fest for us. It just it was remarkable the way they swung the bats. So it was great to go down there. With that being said, uh, Dan, I know I shouldn't advertise my tickets, uh, but number one, I need to talk to you about your other requests about Air Force. But number two, uh, I have tickets for Sanford tomorrow night. Oh, nice. And if they call in, y'all have my number, have them do it, and I can do it directly from the, the app and transfer the tickets. Do you have a request? Yeah. Yeah, I prefer that they take a kid to the game. That's just I, – I, it was really cool to see the young kids at the game this past weekend, and there were a lot of them. So uh, I, I enjoy letting kids get exposed to that.
2: Yeah, well, so, you know, honor, honor uh, system here, but if you're somebody who doesn't get to go to a lot of Auburn games and you can go to the midweek game and you want to take, uh, take a kid, and, and <laughs> a kid you know. All right, no, no, it's not just some random.
6: <laughs> yeah. Probably a good
2: idea, the yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so,
6: oh, here's the I don't idea. want to get that Amber <laughs> Alert on my phone. <laughs> just so you know, that's my friends that sit around there. So I will, I will know whether or not you bring a kid with you.
2: That's right. No, Tex will text will find out. <laughs> t- Tex will find out. Text has, t- I, I will find out. Tex has, okay. has, uh, has eyes everywhere. All right, so um, – hey. uh, yeah, we, we will we will pass that along. We'll mention it on tomorrow's show if yeah. we don't have a taker uh, before the end of the yeah. show today. But but as always, Tex, uh, really appreciate everything. All
6: right, no problem. Hey, send me the telephone number for the, the Air Force. Oh for, yeah, we'll, for both we'll, games. So. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. do. Pre- appreciate it, Tex. All right, no problem. All right.
2: Three three four 334-321-1390, the number to dial. And yeah, if you want to if you if you want to take it to it's Auburn Sanford tomorrow is the is is the baseball game. You want to check that out? our good buddy Tex. Has a has uh, a pair of tickets if you uh, if you, if you have someone a uh, if you have if you have a kid who uh, who wants to go with you. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. We will take a break. We'll be back to wrap things up. This is the Monday edition of the drive.
6: Born and raised in Lee
1: County. 7502 or email the drive at espnau.com.
2: Welcome back. Final segment of the Monday edition of the drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Drew at the controls. Appreciate the uh, folks calling in. You can check out the podcast, Auburn uh, at ESPNAU.com, uh, or go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. Brian, one more time, tell everybody about all the outstanding work uh, that, that you guys do at your website.
3: Yeah, um, you can check us out at AuburnSports.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter, slash X, and on threads at BMATAU. And it um, been a busy day today. Auburn got a commitment about, 50 minutes ago. Um, we got updates on uh, that. Uh, four-star DB, Devin Williams from Beaufort High School. Um, and then plenty of coverage of upcoming spring practice, baseball, basketball, you name it, all there at Auburn Sports.com. I,
2: I always forget uh, to plug my social media. I'm bad at that. At, at DNPCK. There you, as, go. As you can You can follow me on, on Twitter. I, I have an Instagram. I don't post. Uh, the last Instagram post I did was when I saw a big neon sign at Media Days that said it just means more. I thought it was funny, and I took a picture of it, and I've I've not nice. posted on Instagram uh, since then. Sometimes I'll post like a song to my Instagram stories, but I'm I'm not I'm not good at that. Uh, so uh, uh, not like an not like one of my own songs. Like I will post like uh, like a, I'll hear like a '90s alt rock song, like a Smashing pumpkin song or something. I'll I'll put that on on my Instagram story, uh, but it's uh, very cryptic. Uh, but, but you can uh, uh, yeah you can follow me on social media as well. Uh, but Brian and, and everybody else uh, at at AuburnSports.com they they do an incredible job, and I encourage you to uh, to check out that website. Often, especially during a news-filled period like the one we have right now, football recruiting, football is spring practice, men's basketball playing big games with the with the postseason approaching, yes. the women's basketball team looking like a tournament team as uh, as we round into form. I think yep. they were in. Uh, uh, Charlie Krem had them in the in the game going into this weekend, uh, and they uh, and and they picked up a victory. Uh, this weekend to, uh, to to maybe solidify uh, their position as a uh, as a team that, that could play their way to the right side of the bubble uh, for coach jay and company baseball season you know we got we got that going on we got the transfer portals opening up in just a couple of weeks so there's there's a lot uh, going on between now and that's April fifteenth. Uh, that's April That's after spring yeah. practice. That's, yeah. Well, no, but when, when spring practice is over. Yes. Uh, in, in just uh, it's still a couple of weeks. That's uh, six, six, uh, eight weeks from now. Yeah, um. Uh, right. February February yeah. a short month. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, you know whatever. Uh. Okay. But but still between you know between now and how about this between now and the end of baseball season. Like there's going to be a ton of stuff going on that's yes, you know the, the sports adjacent stuff, and then by the time baseball season's over, it feels like you're just you're, you're, you're getting ready for football. You're getting right, yeah. I mean, media days is a couple of weeks yep. away, so it's uh, uh this is a busy time. AuburnSports.com uh, helps you cover uh, all of it, and Brian and the rest yeah. of the gang do a uh, do a wonderful job. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow we will have uh, I think maybe Coach Don Dunn uh, popping in. I should probably talk to Bill Cameron about that, assuming he hasn't been uh, sequestered. Assuming his phone hasn't been taken from him uh, with this uh, with this jury duty stuff, probably will. Bill's probably listening to the show, and they probably have to take his phone away and say, "Hey, you can't do that." Uh, But but uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll get Bill Cameron back on the show whenever we can. Uh, We'll talk to uh, uh, to Jason Caldwell, uh, or well, actually, you know what? Tomorrow we will talk with. Uh, tomorrow we will talk with Andy Burcham in hour number one. We will talk with Jake Crane in hour number two. You're not going to want to miss any of that. And, uh, and we'll, we'll move some other guests around with the, uh, with the, Wednesday, with, with the schedule uh, Wednesday and Friday shows sort of uh, up in the air as far as what we're going to do. But in the meantime, I want to say thanks to everybody for, uh, uh, for tuning in and, and catching, uh, uh, c- catching up on a, a busy a busy show today. A lot, of, uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. And, uh, you know, with, with a big Auburn-Tennessee game, on Wednesday night, and some uh, and and some you know some 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 recruiting news and spring practice getting started tomorrow. Like this is a uh, it, it's, it's a fun time to be uh, to be covering the team. I've also got a conference tournament, Brian. I headed down to Pensacola in uh, in just uh, just about a week and a half uh, to uh, to cover with the uh, March that, that, Madness. Here that is come. oh man, and I'll tell you what if you are in the if you're in the neighborhood. The Sunbelt Tournament in Pensacola is such a good time. It's it's uh, exciting basketball. A lot of the local businesses, bars, and restaurants participate and have you know meetings and you know the the, the fan groups and stuff. So it's a uh, it, it's a party, and I'm looking forward to that. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there next week. Uh, we're also uh, me, me and some of the beat writers, uh, some of the nerdier ones, are going to go check out some pro wrestling in uh, in Atlanta uh, next week as well. Uh, the All Elite Wrestling coming to uh, the Gas South in Duluth. All right, so more drive tomorrow uh, for Drew at the controls, for Brian Matthews. This is Dan Peck. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night.